Blog Talk Radio. connect and I feel you know that's really what you have created 
with this project and you're you're welcoming everyone into that space of the heart with all the beautiful way showers that that are sharing so much wisdom baptiste i think i'll i'll start with you um you know, you've been on this show before, but since that time I had the opportunity to see you speak at another screening in Los Angeles. And I have to tell you, Baptiste, when you speak in front of the audience, oh, it is so moving, your personal story and how you chose to make this film and some of the hardships that you encountered and how it then flowed. And I wonder if you could reflect on that for us as well as a as an introduction again to this beautiful project that you've created. So I was a lawyer in the city of Amsterdam, the Netherlands, where I'm from, and I, I, I came to the realization I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore, and I, I felt cut off from my aliveness, yeah. as Mark Nepo would say, he says in the movie. I um, I realized that I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore, and yeah. I had no idea what else I wanted to do with my life. So finding my purpose in life became, uh, you know, an item in, in my life. And I was trying to find my purpose. And in that yeah. in that period, I saw a part of a new Earth series, an episode of a new Earth series that Oprah Winfrey did with Eckhart Tolle. And it was an episode where they were talking about finding your purpose in life. And Oprah said, I think there's nothing more important than finding your purpose in life. And then Eckhart said something that really changed me and changed uh, my perception of finding on, on finding my purpose in life. He said, you can't get there through thinking. And I realized, oh my God, I am trying to find my way to find my purpose through thinking because that's all I uh, I've been taught. Yeah. And um, Eckhart said, you can't get there through thinking. And he said, if you want to find your purpose in life, then you can ask yourself, what do I want from life? But a more powerful question would be, what does life want from me? So what does the bigger picture want from me? And I thought, oh my God, that's an amazing question. I never thought about that. But Eckhart, he continued, he said, if you want to find the answer to this question, you have to look for moments of stillness. And the best way to do that is to go into nature. So the next day, I went into nature and I started meditating on the question, uh, what does life want from me? And, uh, you know, I I, I repeated that question uh, while I was walking, what does life want from me, what does life want from me? And I did this for about an hour and really after an hour, nothing happened, so I was disappointed. I thought, oh, it doesn't work, <laughs> uh, or I sh- maybe I should give it more time, or maybe I should uh-huh. send Eckhart Tolle an email that it doesn't work. <laughs> yes. And um, But all of a sudden, it started to rain, and it started to rain really hard, and I forgot all about the question, and I started to run to look uh, for, you know, a shelter, and I found mm-hmm. some big trees. And when I was standing under those trees, uh, I, I thought I had a heart heart attack because I had a very pow- uh, painful feeling in my chest. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I thought I was going to die, and I thought, oh, my God, uh, they're going to find my body here. Uh-huh. And um, I also thought this is probably the answer to the question, what does life want from me? Um, so I thought, uh, it's over. But 
I didn't die. And if I would describe the feeling that I, I mm-hmm. felt in my chest, I would say it was like uh, it, it was like there was a bone in my heart and it broke. And of course, I know we don't have bones in, in our hearts, but that's how it felt. It was very powerful. And when I was feeling this, I had an overwhelming sense of love, of clarity, uh, of gratitude, but most of all, an overwhelming powerful feeling of coming home. When I had this feeling, the idea came to me, you have to make a film about the heart. And I immediately remembered what Eckhart had said. He said, you can't get there through thinking. And this was not coming through my thinking. This was coming through powerful emotion, a powerful feeling of coming home. And I said, Eureka, that that must be it. Uh, And uh, I was so happy because I I said, wow, this is a miracle. This is not coming through my thinking, and it's such a powerful feeling. And at that moment, I decided to, you know, follow my aliveness and to go with that feeling. And this happened five years ago, and that's how the whole project started. Yes. You know, Baptiste, I wonder sometimes, um, you know, when you talk about having that feeling in your heart, there's something about um, the heart, We and your your project is all about this, we don't fully understand the heart, and, and I'm going to pull Dean into this, too, because I will tell you, I had a personal experience, and this was all the way back in 2003, which was part of my awakening. I wouldn't be here today if not for this experience, and I had the same feeling. I thought I was going to have to call 911. Wow. And when I heard you talk in L.A. about that, I almost gasped in the audience because I thought, you know, somehow that had missed missed me until I heard you say it because I had a similar experience where wow, it, I, I, it, I felt a pain. But it, and it was a very powerful awakening. It actually led to all of this work that I'm doing, mm. and I haven't talked about So anyway, it's amazing that this occurred. It's amazing, and, and a lot of people come up to me and, and tell me and share with me that they had the same experience of, you know, powerful uh-huh. feeling in their heart, like something broke. And yes. I believe, that, you know, our hearts are not broken, but they're broken open somehow. Yes. And it changes yes. their lives completely. Yes. Yes. I, I, it was exactly the same for me, although it took took more years for me. <laughs> but but still, it, it was. And, and Dean, I want to bring you in, too, because I know you've worked with so many people through your work. And... You know, one of the questions I have for you, Dean, in addition to this this asset, you know, when we talk about being alive, well, you know, we've all faced some sort of challenging health thing or we've had relatives who faced it. And sometimes, you know, it's the opposite of, of how people can feel. And I know that you help people to come alive when they are encountering a serious health situation. Can you talk about that a little bit, Dean? Okay, sure. Uh, Well, for your audience, I was director of mind-body medicine for a large group of cancer centers, and it was my responsibility to develop all psychological services. And I had interned with Dr. Carl Simonton, who was one of the real pioneers in what we call psychosocial oncology, looking at psychological factors on how they impact the course of disease cancer. And so we collaborated early on. In fact, I worked with him for many years at his center out in California. But anyhow, I came back to Pennsylvania where I was based and uh, instituted a good modification of what Carl was doing, and we found it literally could improve survival with cancer. 
and uh, that was actually researched by Penn State University, where we happened to be based. So it was a remarkable experience for me to work with people on a daily basis for many years, teaching them about the power of bringing more joy into their lives and developing a will to live. But when I learned that, in fact, people found this selfish, that they couldn't really create a balance in their lives between taking care of themselves and thinking everybody else should come first. So when they lived longer than those just getting conventional medical treatment, I couldn't comfortably say it was because of the will to live, which is what I was really testing, and only came to learn through the process of working with all of these people clinically and getting feedback from them regularly. It was factors like feeling listened to and cared for and supported or as the research in heart disease has also concluded, when people feel loved and cared for, it literally impacts the course of major chronic diseases. So I was thrilled to be part of that learning experience so that it really could do that and then write my books and teach as um, often almost as I could um, yes. about the, the, what would you know, Baptiste might call the power of the heart or the power of love, but there's no question whatsoever, and that's why I wrote Why Love Heals. Uh, yeah. How does feeling loved and cared for translate into remission from cancer? And uh, that was another very interesting exploration for me to try to understand it and then again to teach others the truth of this. Yes, yes. Now, I have a question because I know within the Power of the Heart movie, there's such a powerful story. There are some very, well, the entire movie and book are filled with powerful stories. But um, one of the things that I feel is navigated very well with this work is what happens when at first things don't go the way you expect, like losing losing a loved one or, or you know, you have someone in a really challenging situation um, where genocide is going on, you know, we talk the story of Immaculate, or, you know, Dean, like people who, you know, maybe the outcome, maybe they are meant to transition. I mean, some recover, some don't. And and I this is a challenging question that comes up again and again on my show um, with multiple guests as to to how we navigate in the heart space challenging situations like that and and stay alive and connected and connected to that love source and and often transform them well i think it's well, really important um to to see that um you know when a challenging situation occurs in our life for instance uh, in the movie you see the jester man's losing their daughter christina yes or yes. you see immaculate you know she's uh, in the genocide in Rwanda 22 years ago, uh, those challenges, you know, those situations are very challenging. Yeah. And I, I believe that, you know, we're never grateful when we are in those situations. But at the end, yeah. uh, you see that Immaculate is grateful for the whole experience, although yeah. most people would say, oh, I, I can never be grateful for that. But I believe, and Martin Nepo puts it beautifully in the movie, he says, it's like a match that holds fire until it strikes against something. There is no flame. Mm. And I believe that, you know, when we are put under pressure, when we are in a crisis situation, when there is a situation where there is a big urgency, um, we are forced to go inside, and then we end up, you know, exploring the heart, opening the heart, um, 
from all the interviews I, I've did, uh, I've learned that most of the people did not want to go to the heart necessarily. Uh, you know, they just yeah. wanted to live the conventional yeah. life. They just wanted to fit in. They just wanted yeah. to belong. And um, they all had, at a certain period of time, a very powerful crisis situation where there was such an urgency to go inside. And there they discover, you know, the diamond. There, dis- there they uh, discovered, you know, the seed of the soul, the heart. And uh, afterwards, they're very grateful because it, it put them in touch with something bigger, with with, with a treasure. Um, and I think we we need those experiences in order to you know step into more of who we really are, to be connected with who we really are at the deepest level. Yes, yes. I I appreciated in the film, for example, when Immaculate saw just the simple beauty of a tree, or you know things that are just were That's around true. her. And and was thankful for that, and it, it reconnected her. And to me, that was very, very powerful. And um, Dean, I'd, I'd like you to reflect on this as well from the perspective of working with people who have been very ill. You know, how I know going fishing is is connecting to beauty symbolically, too, or actually... Um, which doctor's orders go fishing is all about. Um, I wonder if you could reflect on that some more as well. Okay, thank you. Firstly, um, as Baptiste was saying, it's it's very, very difficult to go through life crises, and I don't want yes. to minimize that in any yes. way. So one of the best things people can do is simply be present with those they love who are going through this because no matter how intelligent we might be or otherwise even how loving and so forth, there are simply very, very difficult times. And I remember even early in my career thinking I should just be able to fix people and quickly concluding life stinks. There simply <laughs> are really difficult oh. times, like losing yeah. a child. That's yeah. difficult. Oh, but. Yeah. If you're able to be fully present with someone and even admit, I don't know what we're going to do, I don't have any answers, but I'm going to be here for you, we're going to go through this together, that alone can be tremendously helpful. And then for the person, when they're able to get their wits about them, the great logic for me is always shine your light. You know, I know too much about the power of thought and feelings and how they literally affect a physical reality. And so... When you're able to uh, go fishing or otherwise resonate with this eternal truth of the heart, that literally it helps everything go so much more smoothly uh, because now you're in resonance with this. Um, I remember when 9-11 happened, for example, and so many people were saying, oh, we should in so many ways uh, try to get even with these people and think, more violence as a way of getting revenge and so forth. And I finally decided to send out an email and said, no, the real response is to go fishing. Because if you just now think more violence and create more violence, that's only going to create more of the same. We need to put out an energy that, in fact, is what we really want. And I know for so many people they thought, boy, this is just pure silliness. But I'm convinced of what I'm telling you. Yes. Yes, we reacted in fear, and, you know, now how many years later we're still um, in that it, manifesting some of the, the results of reacting 
in fear the the way and there's still that fear that's out there and and I guess this kind of leads me to another question just about the way that this project really is shifting the world and Baptiste I know that you're traveling throughout the world right now and there's a lot of fear in the world right now you know not just we can have personal situations but also just in general um you know the world situation um can feel very frightening to people right now yes and yeah, well, i wonder well, baptiste yes help us with this <laughs> well um um I, I agree with what dean just said um i remember uh that i had a, a screening of the power of the heart movie in the st james church in london and it yes. was the day after what happened in Paris, you know, the Charlie Hebdo uh-huh. affair. Mm-hmm. You know uh, what I'm referring to. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so this, this was a, f- uh, a few months ago. So um, yeah. I am in London, in, in the center of London, in the St. James Church, doing a screening. And a lot of people in the audience were actually French. Uh, my my uh-huh. brother, who lives in London, was there, and he's married to a French woman, and they, they both live in uh, London. And yeah. uh, there were a lot of uh, French expats who work and, and live in London coming to the screening. Yeah. And they were very, very, very angry uh, about what happened in Paris uh, the day before. And they uh, they were, you know, they wanted to take revenge. And they, they said, hey, we, we cannot tolerate this. Uh, we cannot allow this in, in, in Paris. And, you know, they, they are a little bit chauvinistic. But they, they, they really felt, okay, we need to take revenge. That's yeah. uh, the the only way, and of course we know what Nelson Mandela said. He said, you know, holding a resentment against someone is like drinking poison and thinking to go kill the other person. And uh, they were very angry. So, but they were there at the screen, and after the movie, uh, after having seen Immaculate Story, where she forgives, you know, the killers of yeah. her family, they said to me, "Well, I don't know what happened, but maybe revenge is not the answer. Maybe uh-huh. we should not." take revenge. Maybe anger is not the answer. And it was so beautiful to see that they had shifted just from watching this movie. Uh, And they really understood that, you know, revenge is not the answer because it's going to put you, you know, in a circle of more death, more killings, more anger, more pain, more hate, more suffering. And uh, the only way out is to align with the heart. The only way out is to align with love. The only way... It's more love, you know. You, you never attack the darkness. You always amplify the light. And, you know, we, we're never going to make this world better if we, if we start attacking the darkness. We need to amplify our light. And I think that's yes. the answer. Yes. You know, I feel that's so reflected right from the beginning of the film because of the story of the samurai that that yes. so beautifully begins the movie. Um Yes, and, and he's the killer, and he suffers the most, yes. right? I mean, he's suffering yes. more even than the people. Uh, I mean, you can see how much he's suffering. He's living in hell, and it's an inner state. Yes, very much so. And, and that that is a beautiful revelation of what heaven and hell actually are. And, yes. um, you know, we probably don't have time to tell the whole story here right now, and I invite people to, if you haven't seen the Power of the Heart movie yet, um, it, it is so powerful. Um, right from the very start, it, it just grabs your attention with the story of the samurai and helps you to reflect on what really is heaven and what really is hell and how we create it for ourselves um, by how we react. <laughs> 
So I, I'd like to. Um, I think this would be a good time to to also flow into just different areas of life. Dean, you know, Baptiste made some very major decisions. I think we all have career-wise. I I have a degree in mathematics and computer science, and I'm doing this, <laughs> and and often very lucrative careers. That that was a very lucrative career, like Baptiste, you know, could have had, and it would. Dean, your own story as you um, flowed into your work and in a very open-minded way, did you face personal blockages of of what you felt you really needed to do with your work and and how did you how did you flow with with what felt right in your heart um my story is a little different that way uh i uh was attending a self-help program back in the 70s and uh concerned about a minor health issue, actually, but just being briefly introduced to some paranormal matters and someone recommended this particular teacher and program, and immediately I felt a connection to this fellow. His name was Ken McCauley, Uh and we went on to become best friends and business partners within a relatively short time, and I left. I owned clothing stores and a whole other life, and uh, totally dropped out of a very active social life because I knew I really wanted to and needed to study and couldn't probably deal with the distraction and be able mm-hmm. to do now what I thought I needed to do. So that was a felt sense. But also my friend Ken um, had been psychic all of his life, and uh, that was a revelation. I had to learn a lot about that and open to uh, his experience that way but as we became good friends uh, and, and roommates, actually, at some point, we be, we were meditating daily, and at some point he began to go into a trance-like state and actually channel. And every day for seven years, Susan, for up to an hour every day, I spoke with this wisdom that Ken channeled. And that's what really gave tremendous direction to my life besides working with Ken and otherwise feeling so aligned with uh, how it is that we are responsible for our lives and how we could use our thoughts specifically with guided imagery or visualization or what we call deliberate intention techniques, even like prayer, that they could absolutely affect uh, life outcomes. And it was actually the wisdom that came through Ken which encouraged me to return to university and then get my degrees, and I was told directly that this would help open doors that otherwise wouldn't be open to me. And I so resonated with what came through Ken and working with Ken, that was just my absolute commitment. And it became a very stressful time in my life and a lot of work, but I went then back to school and got my master's and doctorate. And then from there, it just opened to me. I didn't have any particular plan to work with cancer, I just knew that I had to understand the power of the mind and how it could really do what I was learning it could do, whether through hypnosis or guided imagery. And then one thing led to another where, again, I met Carl Simonton, who was the pioneer in having people imagine uh, their immune system gobbling up cancer cells and so forth. So it just opened to me, and then my own intuition was developing, 
until now I have this inner voice that's simply there. If I tune in as such, if I just, instead of you know have, being more externally oriented, just listen, there is always a response to what's going on. And I feel so blessed, but I also know that I've developed that. And that's what I love to tell others is that you have no idea just how powerful you are and that you have this wisdom within you that can help you in any area of your life. Yes, yes. You know, something that comes to me, Dean, as you're speaking is just the utter authenticity of your path. You know, and, and Baptiste, when I heard you in L.A., it was it was a very emotional experience because when you step outside the box, like, you know, all of us really have done in one way or another, and many people in this film step outside that convention of what we're expected to do. Dean, in your case, you know, channeling can be considered outside the box. You know, it, it Certainly outside of scientific courage. box, I'll tell you. Well, and, <laughs> yes, very much so. You know, this is an area I am still working with, and I know many of the listeners are as well. And this, why, this is why I want to honestly bring this up as my authentic self. It is something I navigate every day is, you know, there are always going to be voices. You know, gosh, there's stories in the film about this from different way showers that say, you can't do that, <laughs> or, um, you know, what are you doing? You know, why not do this conventional thing or, or you know, when you follow your heart, there can be all these voices and even voices in your own head like, wow, you know, can I really do this, you know, and, and yet you do it. You just keep doing it and you trust, And but it can be a journey. And I'm still on yeah, it, and I think all I of you so, can help with this. <laughs> yes. I can so relate to that. I mean, I just told my story when I was standing under those trees, and I had this powerful feeling of aliveness and of coming home, and it said, okay, go make a movie uh, about uh, the heart. And yeah. so when I had this feeling, I was, you know, I had this eureka, hallelujah feeling. But it only lasted like a few minutes, because again, my, my mind started <laughs> yes. to kick in, and my mind said, you are crazy, uh-huh. you know, uh, you are a lawyer, so you don't know anything about the heart. And uh, my mind said, uh, you don't know anything about film production, you don't know anyone in film production. And my mind said, how are you going to uh-huh. explain this to your family and your parents? Yep. And, and, you know, uh-huh. and, 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 but at that point, I realized that my mind had not make, made me very happy. Uh, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to follow the aliveness, but every time again... I had to. I had this inner conflict between my aliveness, the heart, and my yeah. mind because they were always, you know, struggling with each other. And I, I just had to make the conscious choice in every moment to follow my heart and to ask, okay, what is my aliveness telling me instead of what my mind is telling me? And I, I've learned that, you know, we've we've been taught to do everything with our mind, um, but the mind is not a very good master. But the mind, when it's working with the heart. It can be a very good servant. You know, it can help you to execute things. Um, so I think that the the relationship between the mind and the heart should be that the heart is the master and the mind should be the servant. But it takes time, and the mind really needs time to learn to trust uh, the heart. The mind can only trust the heart when it has, uh, you know, ex- experiences where it said, okay, the, the heart is, you know, is, is, is just more evolved and more intelligent. Yes, yes. I love what you said about it being a conscious choice in every moment. That is really yes. important because, you know, sometimes we 
sometimes some moments don't go as well as others, and you know there's always another one, and and we need to to realize that it's a process. Dean, what would you say to this question of being outside the box? You know, as a a professional, as as you have been, and and how you've responded to that. Well, early on, I remember, as I said, I was very social, um, and then I decided to drop out and and really study privately with Ken and so forth. Um, my friends thought I had joined a cult. They thought I had really <laughs> weirded out on them. So yeah. I had to deal with that. But, but I was that. really comfortable within myself that this is what I needed to do. So however mm-hmm. we know that, um, and I'm not sure how any of us can really say we now know that, but there is a knowing, yeah. there is a feeling that you know this is right, for you at least at this time. And then as I went on and, uh, you know, was doing my work in, in uh, the university, and my, even my mother said, well, what are you going to do with this? You know, some yeah. studying guided him, well, what are you going to do with this? Yeah. And I said, I don't know. But I knew that... It, it, I just had to learn more about this and try to understand it. And then I said the the work with the cancer center simply evolved out of that. Um, shoot, I just um, – it's such a personal experience. No, that's that, exactly uh, it, though. No, you're, you're saying yeah. it. I mean, it is a personal – that's it. I mean, we're all navigating this, and it's why I'm I'm attempting to capture it, because, honestly, it's come up. Often, and it comes up with, you know, all kinds of way showers. I mean, you know, everybody is simply a human being, no matter what their work is in the world, and and we all have all these voices around us that, including in our own heads, that that you know might try to divert what the heart says. So, so I appreciate that it's personal. Um, and, and, you know, another question I have, and, Dean, I know that you've produced meditation CDs, and I'd like to ask both of you this, and I'll ask Dean first and then go to Baptiste, is how much does meditation and some kind of process of reflection or yoga or whatever you might be pursuing, um, how much has that helped you? And in Dean's case, you know, how much has that helped the people that you've worked with? Well, I, I must say in terms of the people I've worked with, is that I can't say that they became great meditators for the most part. I think the message they resonated with most was this idea of go fishing, follow your bliss, do what brings uh-huh, you the greatest easier. joy and meaning in your life. Yeah. And that already is going to be very effective because joy and peace and harmony and order and compassion is simply our essential nature. And when we're on the same wavelength, when we're resonating with this truth, everything's simply going to go better. But that's only something I learned much later. What I was discovering more in terms of the intuitive piece, I had to be careful what I said and how I said it working within these traditional, or I should say conventional, cancer centers. But I was blessed that um, I found ways to say it or encourage it and back it with as much science always as I could. Uh, But what I uh, there there was a formal name given to it, in terms of what we call integrative imagery, where guided imagery, you're literally guiding a person through a mental exercise or a guided meditation. But in interactive imagery, you're actually asking from a resource within. We can call it a subconscious mind. We can call it your soul. I wouldn't have said that back in the cancer centers. But you can label this however you like. There simply is something you connect with or an aspect of ourself 
that is remarkably wise, and we can use that. And so whether we call it dialoguing with our symptoms. I know in shamanism there's the approach that your symptoms are simply benevolent messengers, and you can go inside and ask the symptoms and even thank them. Hey, you've got my attention. What's your message? And remarkably consistently, I've found over the years, you will have this conversation that I honestly believe now that everything has consciousness, and it might sound strange, you're talking to a cancer cell or something else, but remarkable wisdom comes through in terms of what people really can do to heal, and that's exciting, that to know that we all have that resource and that we can look within for that guidance in whatever it is, again, as I said much earlier in this conversation, any aspect of our life, certainly including times of crises. Yes, yes. Baptiste, you have been on what appears to be a whirlwind tour of the world. It amazes me to see, you know, gosh, he's in New York. Now he's off from Amsterdam. Now he's here, there. And I wonder, Baptiste, you know, people watching this wonder, where do you find, how does stillness enter in to to your life in in what seems very very active. <laughs> it's a very good question. I asked myself uh, just during the production of the movie. I was staying at one place most of the time. Of course, we had to travel to do the interviews. But uh, I love to go into nature and, and walk in nature barefoot. And, and yeah, because I'm. A, I'm traveling all the time. I've been traveling for seven mm-hmm. months, so I, I don't have I don't have nature now. Actually, now I am in I, I'm now in a place where there's a lot of nature, but only for like two days. Yeah. Um, so most of the time, you know, I'm always traveling in cars, airports, airplanes, and I I, I really, really, really cultivate gratitude. You know, I I have a oh, contemplation yeah. in the book called Three Blessings, and uh, I just start to. Uh, uh, you know, I, I start to say, okay, what am I grateful for? And why am I grateful for this? And that really opens my heart. And it's the best thing I can do now. And, of course, if I have the opportunity to go into nature, I will do it. And what I've learned from interviewing all these people, and it's exactly what Dean uh, just said, is that, you know, I, I've asked uh, everyone, how do you connect with the heart? And Isabel Allende said, I connect with the heart when I'm writing mm-hmm. or when I'm playing with the dogs. Maya Angelou said, I connect with the heart in stillness and through prayer. And Eckhart Tolle said, I connect with the heart in the present moment. And Deepak Chopra said, I connect with the heart when I bring my awareness to my heart. And Jane Goodall said, I connect with the heart when I'm in nature. And everyone said something different. And then I realized, you know, there's not one way to connect with the heart. We have to figure out what our way is. And, uh, because we are all born differently. We all have a different blueprint. So we we have to find our own way. And yes, for one person it's fishing, and for the other person it's playing the piano. And we have to find our own way instead of saying, oh, it's meditation or it's yoga. I mean, it can be meditation or yoga, but it's not for everyone. I love that answer because I feel that, you know, I, I personally relate to that. I think many of us expand into exploring new things like yoga. I know I've been doing that in recent the last year or so, but you know what? It's true that we each find our own way, and and we may not even realize what it is. I I appreciate that, too, is, you know, maybe people need to reflect on, and I'm sure you help. This is exactly what you do, Dean. You know, what is a person's fishing? 
You know, for me, you know, playing the piano rather badly happens to be one way I connect. I'm not a very good piano player, but when I get in there, it doesn't matter. It it helps me, the music, and or just doing it. And and you don't know what it could be. It may not. It may even be something you're not that good at. Um, you don't. You know what is good. Um, so I appreciate that, Dean. Um, I I love your message of of going fishing, and and I know that um, you know if someone's in a hospital room. Here's here's a you know because I've been getting. I've had a lot of shows lately on on cancer and um, people dealing with some pretty challenging things. Someone's in the hospital room. You know, Baptiste is traveling all the time in airports. I find that stressful. You're in a hospital. Um, you know, where can you find that peace if you're in that situation or if you're helping a loved one in the hospital, um, loving them and, and helping them? Um, where can we find peace in those situations? Yeah, and I would say not easily, especially when I think oh, of I all of the different routines and all of the uh, paperwork and and documentation that needs to take place while you're in the hospital. And so hopefully uh, you have a spokesperson who can help you, be your omnibus or something that will will be there and maybe have an agreement with the nurses and with the staff, hey, I need this time, you know, let's find out a time when I can really be by myself or do whatever. I know when I worked in a rehab hospital prior to my work with cancer, um, fortunately I had a very good relationship with a head nurse, and she would actually post something on the door for the nursing staff. Do not enter. This person is listening to his or her guided imagery tape, you know, so forth. So that would be one way to try to do it. But otherwise it really honestly takes a discipline but you can learn how very quickly you can connect, as Baptiste was explaining. You can simply learn to go within. One of the easiest ways I found was to ask people if you had all the time and all the money and your health and you could do anything, what would you do? And most people imagine themselves on vacation. So actually you can simply close your eyes and, ma- and imagine yourself in the most lovely place. And your imagination, you can have anything. So you're not limited at all. And I found that that was a great relaxing strategy for most people. And then quickly, of course, you can realize that you can access this wisdom as well by going within so that now if I have a symptom or, you know, am you know, getting upset about something, the first thing I do is go in and be mindful about it. I don't try to change it as much as love it and embrace it. And it's kind of fascinating or has certainly been in my work to learn about guided imagery and hypnosis and how we can focus on what we want and not focus on what we don't want and really make a difference. But mindfulness says, no, just focus on your current condition, whatever that is, even if you're feeling lousy. And it's remarkable how both work, even though they seem so different, very well. And the reason why I like mindfulness additionally, as I try to explain and understand it, is that I think it's the perfect act of loving yourself. So if we can really learn to do that, to just go within, and you will find that even whatever the outside distractions might be, that you can learn to do that very quickly um, and also begin to feel better rather quickly. Dean, when people have encountered some really challenging health situations that, that you know of, have you found 
that they connect to gratitude in amazing ways, just like Baptiste was talking about. What, what role does gratitude play um, in in the process? Well, it can certainly play a great, great role. Oh, absolutely, because now you're focused on what it is you do want and how then literally that attracts more of the same but also affects immune function, you know, affects your respiratory system, your circulatory system. We know it has very definite physiological effects, but it has a very calming effect uh, to focus on what it is that you're grateful for, what that what is so special in your life. And, of course, through meditation um, is the, the one way you really do have a way of finding this deepest truth of who you are. And in that process, it, it, the gratitude is a given. You just you just can't not be grateful um, that you have this this connection um, where you can know the deepest kind of peace. Yes, yes. Um, and another question, and we're really just exploring almost so many areas of life here. And this one is for Baptiste. You know, Baptiste, Mark Nepo really touched me. In, in how he explores human relationships, because there can be some really challenging and heartbreaking situations in those areas. And I get that question a lot on my show as well, where you know people are navigating through challenging situations in that area. Where, And I wonder if you could reflect on that, Baptiste, through the wisdom of those that, that you've interviewed and, and what you've discovered in the heart space. Well, I believe that every relationship is a mirror of her own awareness. Um, and that's not always nice to hear, most of the people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when they are going through difficulty in relationship. What I've also learned is that, uh, you know, Mark Nepo says, beautifully says, uh, if I'm asked to leave, or part, if I'm asked to leave who I am, or part of who I am uh, in a relationship, uh, then I cannot stay because. Uh, I cannot stay connected to my aliveness. You know, you you have to yeah. stay, be able to 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 be connected to your heart. You have to be able to stay connected to your to your authenticity. And if you're not able to do that in a relationship, uh, then you cannot stay connected with with with, with, with your source of life, with your aliveness. And a lot yeah. of people are giving up a big part of themselves for a relationship. And uh, of course, the challenge of our age, of our time, is staying in a relationship. I mean, 100 years ago, uh, it was different. The world was different. I mean, my gra- yeah. grandparents, they stayed together uh, no matter what. And now, yeah. of course, you know, people are more independent. And, uh, you, you know, if, if they don't like it, they say, okay, let's split up. Uh, so it's easier. So the challenge of our age is, of course, staying in a relationship. And uh, last week I had a screening in San Rafael, uh, California, with Isabel uh-huh. Ayen and with, with, with John Gray. I mean, he is like, you know, he's the oh, yes. expert. Men yes, of Mars and women of Venus. So I was on stage with Isabel Ayen and John Gray. And uh, John Gray um, really says that it's all about self-love. And, yeah. um, you know, if, if you are uh, not able to love yourself first and, and, and be aligned with love yourself first, then you don't really have to something to give anyway uh, and I, I really believe that you have to love yourself first and yeah. uh, 
really uh, make sure that you love yourself first, then you know you can attract the right person in your life. If you don't love yourself first, you will attract someone who does not love herself or himself too, because it's a reflection of your own consciousness. So if you want to attract the right partner, you first have to work on your relationship with yourself, with your soul, and uh, with your heart. Yes. 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 That's profoundly powerful advice, and and I know that uh, that. It's it's an area, as I say, it, it comes up very often, obviously, because it's a fundamental of life. And um, so I appreciate that. And I think one of the, the beautiful things about this project, Baptiste, is how it explores so many aspects of life. I mean, that's a very simple way of looking at it, but these are essential states of our being. And, yes, and I, I, I mean, it's if, important. If the, if the heart really is a powerful and reliable source of wisdom and intelligence, you know, then we have to know how we can use it for all important areas of our That's lives, right. you know, for relationships, for uh, health, uh, to improve our uh, money situation, our financial situation, to make our career choices. And, I mean, we need our heart. You know, Mark Nepo says in the movie, a fish cannot drown in water, a bird cannot fall from the sky. Each creature must find their own God-given element. And he says it's not easy. You know, it's easy for fish and it's easy for birds. But he says it's not so easy for us human beings. And why is that? Because when we are born, we don't get the manual of who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, we don't get uh, the manual and it says, oh, you're a plumber and you're a doctor and you're a lawyer and you're a musician. Um, so, uh, and... We can't get there through thinking, so we get this uh, mind-based education, and it cannot really help us to figure out the most important questions. Uh, who are we and why are we here? So we have to, uh, you know, the, the only way to figure out why we are here is when we open our hearts and we, when we honor that whisper, when we honor that calling. And, and, and it's not about being famous or doing big, incredible things or about becoming rich. Sometimes the whisper is just... Sometimes the calling is just to whisper to you, and it's right there in your own neighborhood, in your own area, in your own. Uh, so it's really important, and only the heart can tell us. We can't get into yeah. thinking, so we have to open our hearts in order to find out why we're here and what we're supposed to do. Yes. Yeah. You know, Baptiste, I often encounter people from all walks of life, no matter what they're doing. It, it can be common in the spiritual community as well where there's a need to persevere at some point. You know, you mentioned financial um, challenges. Yeah. Is that that can come up um, fairly often for for people, especially if you're doing something unconventional. And how does the heart help people to persevere when they're truly pursuing their passion? Because you you certainly persevered to get this project done, which is amazing through all the time that it took and your dedication um, there's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, what advice well, would you uh, give? Uh, I'll tell you a wonderful story about this. It's very short. The uh-huh. first person that I've interviewed for this project was actually Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Uh-huh. And uh, I interviewed him at a university in Amsterdam, and he told me something, and he said, he said, the heart is about resilience. Yeah. And um, he, he told me a story about uh, pe- 
people in Darfur. He said, you know, they are living in ghastly, ghastly situations, but still, when I visit them, they wear completely white uh, clothing, and it's completely white. There are no stains on it. And he said, that's resilience for me. You know, just to, in, in, in those circumstances, just to, to still be able to do that. And I, I yeah. you know, he, he told me more, but he said, the heart is about resilience. So, after this interview, I come, uh, you know, uh, the next day I get a call from the cameraman. And he says, um, I've got bad news for us. Uh, I, um, I did this interview, but the tape on which I recorded it was was broke. Uh, and that was my first interview, and I thought, oh, my God. So I got this message from Desmond Tutu that the heart is about resilience, but I don't have the interview. I only had uh, the audio recordings because the tape on which it was recorded was broken. Then I said, oh, my God, this is such a powerful lesson. And I remember what Steve Jobs said on the Stanford commencement speech, and I know, of course, Steve Jobs was not always the nicest person, but he was a very gifted, uh, aware person, uh, I think. He said, you know, you've got to find what you love. Because when, yeah. when it gets tough and challenging and you don't love it, you give up. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, I love the power of the heart so much. It's my baby. So, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, if you really work from the inside out, then you yeah. don't give up. If you, if, you, if you do something because your environment, your, 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 your parents or your family want, want you to do it, then you're working not from the inside out. And when it gets tough and challenging, then you give up. And right. I think the secret to success is really working from the hard working from uh, who you really are at the deepest level. Because you know, I, I don't think you you give up if you work from that place. Yes, oh, that I feel that so much. Um, even with this show, for example, I, I I know how you feel, and and it is important, vitally. Dean, we're we're nearing the the end of the show, and I'd like to give you the opportunity. Tell us what is going to be happening in, I hope I'm saying it right. I always have trouble saying this town, Yahats, correct? Is that how you say it? Did I say it correctly? That is. Good, yep, I it. got it. So tell us, tell us what's happening. We're, we're, I'm really looking forward to, to going down there myself and, and tell everyone what is going on. Yes, well, I'm thrilled to say that Baptiste will be coming to Yahats, Oregon, on the coast, and that I will be hosting this screening and uh, in any way facilitating the movie and responses uh, to people's questions, uh, share this wonderful message about, as he says, resilience or uh, the tremendous power and all we have within. So we'll do a screening of the movie, which I have actually cautioned a few people to bring their Kleenex because yes, it yes. is... It is very moving and very yes. inspirational. And yes. then I'm also, of course, looking forward to your coming down to visit and to have a day where Baptiste indeed can get into nature and we'll walk along the ocean and hopefully have a lovely visit as well as the opportunity to share this message from of the power of the heart. Yes, yes. Well, Baptiste, I can tell you, having it's been many years since I've been to Yahats, but... When I was there, I decided it was perhaps the most beautiful place I'd ever seen. It it, it has an energy. Wow. If you've never been there, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was years ago I went there, and I just, 
I absolutely loved it. And there are many beautiful places on the Oregon coast. I couldn't tell you why exactly. It's energetic. And so I and I tell the audience this too. Yahats is a special place. It's off the beaten path and and it's it's beautiful visually and beyond. There's something very special there. So well, really um, I hope you have a chance. <laughs> yes. Well Yeah, I hope well, I have some time and, and I'm staying with Dean and, and yes. his wife Shelley and I'm really, really looking forward to spending a little bit of time in Yahans and spending time with Dean and Shelley. Yes, I know you'll have a beautiful time. Yes. Um, well, we've come to the end of the show. I want to tell people that thepoweroftheheart.com is one site for the, the overall yes. project, and Dean's site is deanschrock.com. And I want you both to have an opportunity to um, just leave people with final messages as to learning about your, your work and your events coming up in addition to the Yahats event. Um, yes, I, a lot of people ask me, you know, I, w- I would like to organize a screening in my community. And if yeah. you, uh, you want to do that, um, the best way to do it is to go to the website of our U.S. Uh, distributor, and that's beyondword.com. So not beyond words, but beyondword.com. And there you can find all the information on, on how to organize a screening uh, in, in the U.S. And if you want to know... Um, what we're doing and what's happening, then please go to our new website, and that is indeed thepowerofheheart.com. It's thepowerofheheart.com. And also, please join us on our uh, Facebook page, uh, The Power of the Heart. You will recognize it because it has a blue vignette. It means it's the official The Power of the Heart Facebook page. Just type in The Power of the Heart, and you'll find us on Facebook and uh, be connected with us. Yes. Dean, what about your work, um, additional things going on for you? Well, actually, I think the one thing I really want to say uh, as part of a parting message is when I was uh, working in the cancer centers and asking people to discover, am I still connected? Yes, you are. doesn't feel right. No, you're here. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Okay, (laughs) to, uh, to really... Look at what are your interests, what are your needs, what are your values. And in the end, uh, I determined that it was all about people were looking for peace of mind. And so then I thought about that a great deal on, okay, so when do we have it? How do we get it? And it was really quite clear to me at some point, it was about this idea of going fishing, doing what brings you the greatest joy and meaning in your life. And then when I would do this inner work with people and talk to their symptoms or what do you really need to do to heal and so forth, the biggest, strongest message was be joyful. So that's what I would encourage people to do is whatever brings you the greatest peace of mind is is please do that. And certainly um, you can be inspired and motivated and supported through the book, The Power of the Heart, the movie, The Power of the Heart. And I just learned today and started to listen today to the audio book, The Power of the Heart, where you have everybody's voices on the audio book, which I was really moved by. I, I must say, even though I'm very familiar with all of this, that I was actually quite moved listening to Baptiste retell his story and then share messages um, that these very special people um, shared with Baptiste in The Power of the Heart. 
Well, I, I'm looking forward to, to hearing the audio book, too. It sounds wonderful. Let me say, just before the live audience leaves us, and, and it'll go slightly over, is um, thank you to the live audience who's been listening. FrontierBeyondFear.com is where you'll find this show and all the future broadcasts as well and past interviews of Dean and Baptiste. And now as um, we wrap up here, um, actually in the podcast, which is fine. We have a number of people listening to us across time, and I always appreciate the people listening in the future. Your energy is with us, present, right now, and I want you to feel that. Um, I just want to say thank you to you both. I am just going to be so delighted to to thank you in person as well and just to have that joy that, that Dean is talking about. I mean, it's a joyous time. And and so thank you to both of you for, for all that you're doing and for being here today. It's been a beautiful time. Thank you. Mm, thank you so much, Susan. It was such a joy to be with you and Dean on the show, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing you on Monday in your house. Yes. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Well, both of you take care, and we'll all look forward to, to beauty. Dean is, is in the midst of beauty right now. In that beautiful place, and, and Oregon here where I am is so beautiful too. So, But we all carry that joy and beauty in our hearts. So um, thank you again, and, and take care, both of you. Thank you okay, so much, thank Susan. you. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Okay, bye. Bye, Dean. Just a, a note to those of you listening in the podcast, um, which I know um, is the majority of you, um, we have, I, I didn't manage to get into the live show, but that's okay. It's on FrontierBeyondFear.com. I'm going to be at a booth this weekend at a rather unconventional event, but I like us to think expansively about such things, which is why I'm there. And um, that is the McMinnville UFO Festival, which is in McMinnville, Oregon. It's a huge community event. Um, no matter what your connection is to the topic itself, the event itself is a lot of fun, and it's actually McMinnville's annual festival, um, much like the Robin Hood Festival that I participate in every year in July. In fact, this is a good time to mention that, too, because um, um, I always welcome people to that. That's the third weekend of July. So anyway, um, this weekend I will be at booth number one, Friday night and all day Saturday. Um, at the UFO Festival, and then on Friday night, I will be talking about a higher consciousness perspective of the multiverse, which, and I will be on KXL Radio Friday night. There's a slight possibility I may be on KXL Radio tonight as well. I have heard that, but I'm not really sure if that's going to happen. It depends on 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 scheduling and things, because there's a lot going on right now, but at the very least, I will definitely be on Friday night. So those of you in the Pacific Northwest, that's 101.1, and um, they're going to be broadcasting live from the festival between 7 p.m. and midnight. And part of that show is also on Premier Radio Networks as well, right before Coast to Coast AM. And I'm not quite sure which segment I'll be on or which segments, um, but um, just I will put it up on the FrontierBeyondFear.com page so that you can find it easily. And again, my perspective, which has always been my perspective, honestly, um, it, is that 
if we truly are one with spirit and with an omnipresent God, universe, whatever you want to call it, multiverse, um, and I don't know if I've always known about a multiverse, but I've had a feeling of an omnipresent God and was taught that from a very young age, then of course, it's just logical. Even the mind can see it. And of course, the heart can see it, that there are higher consciousness beings out there. They've got to be. I mean, it's it's not even fringe. And that's going to be my message, is we need to take this whole interest in the multiverse out of the fringe. I mean, you know, now we're finding all these planets. NASA's um, created a working group to explore them, um, you know, to learn more about them. And it's not just about the biology, folks. I mean, we're talking consciousness. There are races out there that have been in existence for a very long time. And they have been able to develop, perhaps more than we, um, consciously anyway, their connection to the divine. And so that's why I'm going to be there, um, so that I can talk about that perspective. There are many other perspectives that will be there as well, but the reason I've been invited is that perspective. And that's exactly what I intend to share. So... That is this weekend, and I will have, there's already a link to the festival site on my um, FrontierBeyondFear.com page, but I'm going to put a little bit more out there today as well. Um, And then next week, let's see what we've got coming up. Um, Friday, May 22nd, 9 a.m. Pacific, um, noon Eastern, Joan Sirio is coming back on the program, and that's very related to this topic, Hardwired to Heaven. Download your divinity through your heart and create your deepest desires. So she'll be on um, May 22nd at 9 a.m. Pacific. And right now that's the next scheduled show because I'm taking a little break because I am indeed going down to Yahats early next week and I'm going to enjoy that very much. Um, So um, with that said, thank you everyone for being here. And may you find that connection to your heart space. I so encourage you, if you have a screening in your area, go to see it. Even if you already have the Power of the Heart DVD or book, or both as I would recommend, go to the screening. Because when I went to one in L.A., it's different when you watch it with the group. It's it's a powerful, magical thing. Um, and so if you can manage to go to one or or hold one, it's really pretty easy to hold one. They make it very accessible. Look into that. Um, so with that said, thank you, everyone, again. And until next time, may you find joy and peace on your journey. Thank you.